Welcome back to Turf Show Times Radio, the podcast. Please go find us on your podcast apps anywhere and hit subscribe. This week, the Rams host the San Francisco 49ers at SoFi Stadium, or so they put on the schedule. There is some debate as to whether or not the Rams or 49ers are playing host to the NFC Championship, but there's no debate that the winner will go to the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium a couple weeks later to preview the San Francisco 49ers. It'll be the third time that uh, we are looking ahead to the 49ers this season, but the first time I'm talking to Rob Stats Guerrera about it from Niners Nation. So, Rob, we're here for the third time. Rams 49ers. We know the story six straight losses to San Francisco. We know the story 49ers fans travel well, especially to Southern California. We're a couple days out here from the game, and so much has been talked about traveling to this game. What is your gut feeling as far as what we'll see? Because there's going to be plenty of attention at, attention on it from the broadcast, from people at home, probably on Twitter. Uh, what do you expect to see at SoFi Stadium in terms of fan representation on Sunday? Oh, I think it's going to be a 49ers takeover, much like it was last time they played. And I think part of it is the fact that the Rams tried to prevent it, right? Before they were even in the NFC title game, the press release came out that said, we're not going to sell tickets to people outside of the Los Angeles area. You have various people connected to the team, like Andrew Whitworth's wife talking about buying tickets and all of that. And I think that actually might have sort of galvanized 49er fans and kind of pushed them in the other direction to go out and, and try and spend the money and try and make an effort to get to SoFi Stadium. I, I think the last estimate I saw from Vivid Seats said they were picking about 60 to 65% 49er fans to be in the stands. So that's where I think we could be on Sunday. So if I were to ask you then too, the 49ers weren't necessarily a great team at home this season. They were a great team on the road this season. To what advantage do you think having uh, that crowd there will play because uh i'm just kind of curious how much of a home field advantage is home field advantage for the 49ers yeah well they were four and four at home this season and six and three on the road um the, but the one thing that i think is interesting we talked to joe staley this week on niners nation former 49ers tackle and i asked him like it's one thing in week 18 for the rams to be caught off guard by the crowd noise but now they're probably going to be prepared for that just because it's happened to them before but what he said was it's actually still a big deal because if the rams have to go to the silent count again it affects how their players get off the ball it's just not quite the same it's just a tick slower than what they're used to, especially at home. So it is still a big factor. And the 49ers, even though they didn't play well at home, I do think their team does allow themselves to be kind of pumped up by the crowd and the energy in the building. So if it is a, a 49ers takeover, I do expect them to come out on fire, pumped up, very, very physical, which is something we've seen over the past you know six games or so in this rivalry. So I think it is a factor for the 49ers. I, I do think it will be a bit of an advantage if they get that same support. The thing that I think most people will focus on with the 49ers offense, uh, unlike many offenses, uh, will not necessarily be the quarterback, but perhaps the players who the quarterback is throwing to. And, you know, I think that San Francisco has 
one of, if not the most interesting wide receiver slash running back in the NFL in Debo Samuel, arguably the best tight end in the NFL in George Kittle, a fascinating rookie running back out of the sixth round named Elijah Mitchell. And all of these players, you know, they deliver brutal hits. They take brutal hits. I think we're expecting a very physical game on Sunday. And number four out there somewhere along the lines will be Brandon Ayuk, a very talented former first-round pick, albeit one that's been a little inconsistent for the Rams defensively. You know, nobody in that secondary comes close to comparing to Jalen Ramsey. And then you've got uh, other guys, and the Rams are working uh, with some of their, you know, backup, 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 off-the-street safeties uh, like Eric Weddle going into this game. Who do you expect on the 49ers offense to be, say, numero uno? Who do you expect maybe to get uh, taken out by Jalen Ramsey, if anybody? And uh, is there maybe a X factor that you see in that offensive grouping? Well, the X factor has to be Debo just because of how they use him. I mean, he basically has had 40% of the 49ers yards in the playoffs. They are very, very dependent on him. He's sort of been their whole offense. I mean, they only have two offensive touchdown drives in the entire playoffs. And one of which was a 26 yard run by Debo. That was literally the entire drive. So he's the X factor for them. But if I were LA, I would actually put Jalen Ramsey on Brandon Ayuk because to me, he is, he's been the 49ers leading receiver over the second half of the season as they have sort of transitioned Debo Samuel into more of a running back type role. If I were them, that's where I would put Jalen Ramsey. If you can lock down Ayuk, then you're going to force the 49ers in the passing game to have to go to George Kittle. And what I think the 49ers would like to do, honestly, is keep Kittle more on the line of scrimmage as a blocker, protect Jimmy Garoppolo, especially with Trent Williams, who's extremely banged up right now with an ankle injury. I think if the 49ers had their druthers, they would keep Kittle into block and they would run the ball 40 times in this game and maybe have Garoppolo hit a couple of play action throws and get out of dodge. So if I'm the Rams, I lock down Brandon Ayuk. I put the pressure on Garoppolo to keep Kittle along the line, and hopefully you can stop the 49ers run game. Defensively, you know, we could flip that and again say that the Rams, like they have Jalen Ramsey on defense, they have Cooper Cup on offense, two all-pro players on opposite sides of the ball. I would have to say I'm less familiar with San Francisco's cornerbacks and perhaps who they're going to be putting out there <laughs> against they're not very good <laughs> uh well one of these guys i've heard uh is an interesting player i'm kind of interested to see how his career goes opt-out player ambry thomas a rookie third round pick out of michigan i've been interested to see how well these opt-out players are actually doing in their rookie seasons uh and ambry thomas starting was a starter there at the in the second half. I believe he's been injured uh, a little bit here. Why don't you uh, let me know what's going on defensively in the secondary? Well, the, it's the weakest part of the 49ers, at least at corner. The safeties for the 49ers are good in Tart and Ward. But the corners, you know, they had Jason Verrett, and he got blew out his ACL in the first game of the year. He's been gone ever since. So you're looking at Emmanuel Mosley on one side, who is a good player. Not great. He's good. And on the other side, it probably will be Ambry Thomas, who's coming back from a knee injury. His story has been incredible. He couldn't even dress early in the year. That's how bad he was. And he has really come on lately in the second half of this year. He's We've seen a lot of really impressive development from him. Kyle Shanahan himself even said, based on what I saw from Ambry Thomas earlier this year, I didn't think it was possible that he would develop into a starter for us. And he absolutely has. He's been getting better and better each week. Now, that said, 
he's still a rookie cornerback who's going to have to go up against either Cooper Cup or OBJ. So you got to like that matchup if you're the Rams. But that's what you're looking at from the 49ers corners. Good, not great in Emmanuel Mosley and a rising rookie, but still a rookie in Ambry Thomas. I was talking to the game about the game to a friend of yours, Kyle Posey of mm-hmm. Niners Nation. And I brought up one of my X factors, if we're looking for a deep cut on the Rams, being Brandon Powell, a returner who was added midseason, and he's uh, really been one of the best returners in the NFL, kind of low-key, not a lot of uh, as much attention on that, had a big return uh, uh, last week. And, of course, San Francisco has, uh, like a lot of teams did in the divisional round, some amazing special teams plays to beat the Packers, of course, the, the lone touchdown coming via special teams. But to quote Kyle Posey, Special teams has been the bane of the 49ers existence. So where do you stand on that? Was it a fluke against Green Bay? And are you concerned about special teams on Sunday? I am massively concerned about the special teams. The reason the 49ers special teams look so good Sunday is because the Packers are literally the worst in the league. That is the only time, and this is Kyle Shanahan's words, not mine. It's the (laughs) only time the 49ers felt like they had the advantage on special teams going into a game was last week against the Packers. And luckily for the 49ers, they were correct. They blocked the punt. They blocked the field goal. And Debo Samuel had a huge kick return to open the second half that got him to the 50-yard line. That's basically the reason they were able to get a field goal on that drive. 49ers special teams have been bad this year. And not just bad. Among the worst in the league. I do worry every time there's a kickoff return, they've been giving up big return yardage. I expect the Rams to have at least one drive that probably starts at the 35-40 yard line, if not more. The punt return teams have been bad. Mitch Wisnowski, the punter for the 49ers, started off fantastic this year, and I don't know what has happened. He has gone into the tank. He has been terrible. In fact, there was even a point this year where he got hurt and Robbie Gold had to punt, and he did a better job than Wisnowski. So the special teams could be a huge factor this week. Yeah, I uh, that was certainly the case, and uh, last week, and 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 many football games, but this one especially with uh, two teams that could be very evenly matched, and as we said, it could be a very physical, brutal game. Going to be interesting to watch all all three phases, no matter who's on offense, who's on defense. I think these teams have uh, come to bring it. You, you know, you mentioned that the. Rams are perhaps a less scary opponent than the Packers were a week ago. Um, do you think that you would have scripted it this way if you could have? Once you knew the Rams, uh, the 49ers were, you know, sort of fighting for their playoff lives in the second half of the season and, and did squeeze in at the very last second. Um, is this how you would have scripted it to have to face the Rams to get to the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I don't know because there is that. Uh... <laughs> I'm excited. I'm hopeful that the 49ers are going to win, but there's that part of me, right? That just that little bit of doubt that says what a letdown it would be if the 49ers would beat the Rams six straight times, but the one game they lose is the one in the NFC championship that costs them a chance at the Super Bowl. You know, like there is that part of me that does feel that and worry about it, but I never thought honestly that the 49ers would be here. I really didn't. I mean, they went into Lambeau Field last week and beat the MVP Aaron Rodgers in freezing temperatures without scoring an offensive touchdown. I never would have thought that was even possible. So in terms of picking opponents for the conference championship game, 
I'm just kind of happy to be here, to be honest with you. And do I think the 49ers have a good chance of winning? But at this point, it's just survive in advance. Whether you score no offensive <laughs> touchdowns or 50, whatever you got to do, figure it out. Absolutely. You know, and that's interesting that you brought up uh, how much you would have expected the 49ers to be here. When, when we look back at the previous offseason, it started off with training for Matthew Stafford on the Rams side. Uh, a few more moves for quarterbacks were made. And then San Francisco making this huge jump up in the draft, giving up two future first round picks, which interestingly enough, now we're looking at the 2022 draft and the Rams and 49ers are sending picks that are going to be in the bottom four, at least, you know, maybe the bottom three and maybe someone, one of them will be picked 32. Um, how surprised do you think you are from the draft to today that the 49ers are in? Did you feel like Trey Lance was a long-term move? Uh, did you feel like Jimmy Garoppolo could actually get the 49ers back to the Super Bowl for the second time in three years? It's stunning to me that you say that, that there is a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo could be in two Super Bowls before his 50th NFL start. I thought this year from the beginning should have been a Trey Lance year. I was all in on Stafford, by the way. I wanted the Niners to get Matthew Stafford so badly. And when they didn't, I was crushed, much like Kyle Shanahan. And I have been singing Stafford's praises all year, that it was a great move for the Rams, that he was going to have a monster year. So I'm not surprised by that. But no, I thought this was going to be about Trey Lance and his development. I did not want Jimmy Garoppolo on this team at all this year. I thought that was bad juju having both of them there. But he's here now and he's the guy, so I have to support him. Do I have any confidence in him whatsoever? No. Am I just praying <laughs> he doesn't screw this game up? Yes. Will he do something that probably will? More than likely. Let's be honest. He's done it in both playoff games. He has thrown back breaking interceptions that have changed the course of the game last week's was in the red zone when the Niners are driving for a touchdown that they desperately needed it's it's scary it's a scary scary proposition every time he drops back I think oh no what is about to happen <laughs> yeah that's interesting that you say that because it makes me think about how um, I would have never guessed that the Rams could have ever gotten away from Jared Goff's contract as soon as they did. So I would have never guessed that the Rams could have possibly traded for Stafford. And I would have never guessed that the 49ers would keep uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, pay him without any of those savings, over $20 million, I believe, in savings if they had just uh, moved on from a quarterback who hadn't played very much, as you say. And so it's very interesting that we're here and one of these quarterbacks is going to the Super Bowl with the Rams or the 49ers. Um, to wrap up here, I want to do a little quick fire segment, a few players that I want to name on the 49ers and just get your very quick thoughts out there for Rams fans to be aware of when watching the game on Sunday. I want to start with a name that is already familiar familiar to the Rams. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on recently with Samson Ebicom? So yeah, he's familiar to Rams fans for most of the year. He was a frustrating choice because he was their big sort of free agent acquisition that was supposed to rush the passer. And he really hadn't done that through most of the year, but down the stretch here, he has been part of this 49ers defensive front that has been pressuring quarterbacks pretty much 40% of the time in the playoffs. And he has, he has really, really come on strong to be a very, very strong contributor. You, you mentioned uh, Joe Staley earlier and you mentioned uh, Trent Williams. Uh, we talked about uh, his injury 
Um, and uh, we could see anybody watching the game last weekend just uh, how banged up a lot of players looked, and especially Trent Williams. Um, what is your just thinking about Joe Staley, Trent Williams, you know, the 49ers to me, the offensive line doesn't have as many of those household uh, names on it as it used to. What is perhaps the uh, weakest point for the 49ers offensive line and uh, maybe the strongest? Well, the weakest point without a doubt is the entire right side. Daniel Brunskill and Tom Compton are not very good at all. They can clearly be taken advantage of. They were taken advantage of by the Packers repeatedly last week. They were blown up and they were losing very, very quickly, which is part of the reason the 49ers struggled on offense. So that is the weakest part by far. The strongest part is usually the left side when you've got a fully healthy Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson. They are a great combination, one of the best in the league. But Trent is so banged up. Here's how you know he's injured, Kenny. When the Niners <laughs> kicked the game-winning field goal, Trent Williams was sitting on the bench. And when the ball went through the uprights, Trent Williams did not get up off the bench. So that tells you how <laughs> that ankle was feeling. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, one of the OG John Lynch signings, the real Kyle Shanahan. Like, we're going to do things the Kyle Juszczyk way here from 2017 on. He's still on the team going to another. Uh, I was going to say going to another Super Bowl. We'll see if he's going to another <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> Fighting to go to another Super Bowl. Uh, how much is he a part of the offense? Uh, well, he's a part of the offense, even if his contributions don't don't show up in the stat sheet, because just his presence out there changes what the defense does. They're less likely to be a nickel when juice is out there. And so that is, I think, his biggest contribution, whereas the Rams used to use Robert Woods a lot to uh, to block open up things in the running game on the edge. The 49ers can use Kyle Juszczyk. They can also motion him into the slot. And he's a very, very good receiver. And he has been on third down in particular. Uh, favorite target of Jimmy Garoppolo at certain points. So, you know, he might only have one catch for six yards in the game, but it'll be a crucial first down catch on third down when they really need to move the ball. He's an incredibly valuable part of the offense. And finally, I have to give uh, credit to John Lynch and the scouting staff on some of their day two, day three picks here uh, who have come on. And a lot of them are uh, linebackers like Fred Warner, third round pick in 2018, Dre Green Greenlaw, fifth round pick in 2019. What can you tell me about Aziz Al-Shair? He is probably the second best linebacker on the team. Aziz flies around all over the field. He has absolutely outplayed Dre Greenlaw this season. Um he has been, he's smart. He is so fast. He and Fred Warner are so fast. They are the huge, the biggest reason that the Niners have shut down opposing teams running games because they get to the edge so, so quickly. The Niners are literally setting up their defensive linemen so that they put that, they don't put them directly over the center. They'll put them to either side of the center so that the offensive line has to move horizontally to block them just so that they can open rushing lanes for Fred Warner and Aziz Alshire. The 49ers have basically said, you guys are the ones that are going to have to stop the opposing team's running game. And for most of this year, they've done that. Rob Stats Guerrera, thank you for coming on Turf Show Times Radio to talk about the 49ers as the Rams prepare to hopefully uh, end that six-game losing streak to San Francisco. You can find Rob on Twitter at, at @statsonfire and Rob, thank you again for coming on to the show. We'll be back after the show with an instant reaction podcast, myself and Blaine Didasco, right after the NFC Championship on Sunday.